I try to cover as many cities as I can, but I can't be everywhere. If you're there, give us a call. Tri-City Voice Podcast Hotline, 510-556-4049. Again, 510-556-4049. Hello, welcome to the Tri-City Voice Podcast. This week, TPCV, Homeless in a Pandemic at 73, Will College Scouts Find You Without a JV, and The Caretaker's Cottage. But first, until very recently... The Hayward residents who live around Fire Station Number 7 had a COVID-19 testing site in their neighborhood. We're talking Huntwood Avenue, Tennyson Park, Lustig, Pajon Street, Celia Street, Mars Avenue, and the Continental Mobile Homes. I asked the people who live there to tell me what it was like. Well, in the beginning, you know, we were worried that infected patients would come by and kind of spread, but after a few days we got used to it and... Traffic got blocked off. That cost a little hassle, but other than that, it was good. How is it now? Good. Did Quiet. It? Yeah. Good morning. Can I talk to you for a sec? I'm a reporter. Is it okay? Um, until very recently, you guys had a testing center in your neighborhood, and I was just wondering what it was like in the neighborhood while it was here. Uh, there's not really much to talk about it. I we talking about that right there? No, the one at the fire station, the testing center. Uh-huh. Did it impact the neighborhood at all, or? No, not really. No? Well, it was fine, so they were doing good. They were just uh, providing service to the general public. So there's nothing wrong, they're giving the service to the general public. That's good. It's just like keeping the public aware of what's going on, and whoever wants to go and have it tested, so they are most welcome to go and have it tested. Uh, have themselves tested. Were you at all nervous about the amount no. of people? Because we are all aware of what's going on, so we watch the news. So we are. If you have knowledge, you know what's going around you. So you can you can you can see what's happening. So you don't get nervous. Yeah, for me it was a trip because I actually found out about it. I was in Southern California and I found out about it on the news. They had like a drone picture from down the street and I'm like, no way, that's my house. There were tents that had kind of like scrubber units on it and they were, uh, it's like, what is that scrubbing? Like, is it, is it actually taking, you know, these droplets or whatever this uh, coronavirus is spread and being like basically injected or atomized into the air? Like, is there like, I feel like there's a little bit of tension, but the kind of, I feel like the, caveat was that the firefighters were like pretty normal like they were playing their basketball games over there and they were still they kind of had their social distancing going on playing like games of horse and stuff like that but like you know it kind of gave you that reassurance that it's like they're working like I don't know 50 feet away from a testing lab and like they were kind of uh you know at their kind of normal candid selves for the most part so that was like gave me I guess a little bit of a level of confidence I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm glad that it's gone. We can walk and talk if you need us. Well, I live right here. So. Oh, okay, go. Um, Coming in outside my house and seeing a big old line of traffic and people that are infected, and, you know, some aren't, but I was okay. I never was really mad about it or nothing. So. I, was, I was curious, do you guys live in the neighborhood? Yeah. Um, I'm doing a story until very recently that was a testing site. 
And so I wanted to talk to people who actually live in the neighborhood about what it was like living in a neighborhood with a testing site. Uncomfortable. Yeah, tell me about that. It's uncomfortable just having it around, not knowing beforehand what it was. It's uncomfortable. But same time we deal with it, so everybody else, we're going to clean it up. It's gone now, we're moving on. That's what we feel about it now. As long as it's cleaned up, we're able to use this and feel safe about it. That's what matters. So, you know, ever since they left, it's a little, the air feels a little more yeah. a little more clear. It feels like, I mean, it might be in my head. I don't know, but, you know, you know I'm just wearing a mask, trying to stay safe, sanitize, you know. Got to stay working out, try to, you know, they sent out a list of saying the people that's recovering the stuff that they're doing, you know, trying to, you know, work out, keep sweating. So, The testing site is currently located on the Cal East Bay campus. Roy Firstner produced this next piece from Hayward. He visits a woman age 73 who is living in her car. They talk about sheltering in place when you don't have a place. Yeah. Hey, do you need a refill on your coffee? I got... I brought you some, too. Did you really? Yeah. How are your batteries? Uh, I think they're okay. Okay. I got four in there, and I think it's working. Okay, did you get your um, Social Security card yet? No. So what are you doing? Well, you I, I have to wait. To, it's going to the bank. Are you sure? Yeah. Because they said they never, they never had anything like that before. Well, I asked um, the lady up at the, uh, what's her name, Renee? Mm-hmm. Oh, at the bookstore? Yeah. And she said, no, she didn't want to be responsible. Okay. And I understood that, so I, I asked Comerica if I could have it sent there. Well, you could have it sent to my place if you want, you know, I could bring it Too over. Late now. Okay. So, I, they're not open today, I guess. I got you some sweatpants. Oh, bless your heart. All right. So, I've just been sitting here. I'm kind of hungry, but I got two cups of coffee. Well, how would you like a bagel? Sure. All right. Cream cheese? Cream cheese and jam. Oh, my Strawberry nose has been jam. running. And I, I'm not smoking, I'm not drinking. I've got some uh, wine there, but I haven't touched it. Hmm. It's just a, some leftover. Well, you got to have a little wine to get you through these hard times. <laughs> I feel good, though, except for my bladder. Well, at least you're out here in the fresh air, you know? Yeah. They say a lot of people are going to get sick. That's what they said. So. That, uh, co what is it? The COVID, yeah. Cor corona? The coronavirus. And I've been listening to the news and going, and they recommend that you stay away from crowds. Yeah, but I, I got to go in the store and get get resupplied, you know, so I have yeah. to. And I so, still work, so. I've just been sitting here and like I went down there, I had enough for a cup of coffee and a, a nice little short black lady. I said, I can't go in there. Would you get my coffee? You know, I gave her, tried to give her the money for it. She said, no, no, no. She came out with two cups of coffee. Wouldn't All take right. any money. You're set. <laughs> I went. You can't do that. She said, yes, I can. And That's off cool. she went. So what about shelter? Are you looking into get, going to shelter or are you okay here? I'm okay. All right. I mean, nobody bothers me. No. As long as they don't tell you, you'll be fine. Well, they, they recommend that you stay away from people anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of worried about Joey being in there because, you know, there's That's a hundred, probably a hundred, hundred people I know. And Saw get... him sitting over there somewhere yeah. yesterday. All right. And I said, I've got the back seat, Joey, if you, you know. But he was like, he's not listening to me. Yeah. 
I said, you can stay in the back seat, but you can't drink in here. Yep. You know, I have a cigarette or two, but I'm not, you know, I keep them in there. All right. Well, I'm going to go to the store. Okay. All right. Good luck on your card. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Stephanie Gersh, the assignment editor at the Tri-City Voice newspaper, wrote an article last week about the Castro Valley Sanitary District and their recent toilet paper pantry event. She recorded her reporting for the podcast. Um, so it got started by the uh, Castro Valley Sanitation District? Correct. Castro Valley Sanitary oh. District. Or Sanitary, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And, um, you know, CV San. That's what they call it right there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that it's important for people now with, uh, you, know, the, you know, the current situation and people kind of feeling isolated, um, you know, to do something like this. One, primarily because there's a, you know, a need for it. Obviously, there's a massive toilet paper shortage. Mm-hmm. because of uh, the kind of panic buying and the hoarding. I think that's important. I also think it's important to kind of, you know, show people that giving at a time like this is, uh, is an important thing to do. People are coming to donate, and, you know, that says a lot about our community, yeah. that people do want to give and that people do care and people want to look out for each other, and I think that that's, you know, that's a really important message. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of everyone mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I've seen people walking with that amount of toilet paper to their car. <laughs> That's toilet paper yeah. for like a decade, you know, <laughs> for somebody. So I think that it's, it's, uh, it's important for the community to look out for each other, for people in the Bay Area to look out for each other. And, um, you know, if people are in need and people can help each other out to be kind of a catalyst for that, um, you know, that's why we're here today. So I noticed you're also using the small town society space. I've been here before. I actually interviewed the owners, so yeah. I was happy to see it being, still being used. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're great partners in the community, and they, they definitely... Uh, like we told them kind of the, the, the basic concept, helping people in need, and they're all over that. So, you know, they're, they're a great partner to, uh, to work with. And then we want to make sure that we try to do our best to strategically give it to people who may not have any. Mm. And then they would resort to other things. One of the things we found out is by getting out early with this, um, we have found that we, we're still going out and doing our work in the sewers. And the good news is, so far, we haven't seen a lot of other things that shouldn't be in the, in the sewers that can, you know, uh, plug up pumps mm-hmm. and pipes. You know, economics is, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big factor as well. And like Roland was saying, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, just go to Costco. Well, a lot of people don't have a Costco membership. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't, can't afford gas to go shopping. Or, or maybe they have kids at home and, yeah. you know, they, they can't Hello. take the time to watch Thank it. you. <laughs> CV Sands has plans to hold more toilet paper pantry events. To find out more, type CV Sands and Facebook together in one search. I spoke with two women in Fremont, two high school students, in the middle of their junior year during this lockdown. They told me about keeping up with schoolwork, about practicing for collegiate-level softball, and how this lockdown year might dramatically affect their ability to get into college. So keep telling me what you were telling me, and just now the dog won't bark. Oh, um... You said you were working out and... I work out a lot. Like, I go running a lot, and I lift weights a lot, trying to keep in shape. Because for us, we're trying to go play softball on on a collegiate level, and that's what we're trying to do, and we still want to stay in shape and get ahead of all the other girls that are trying to go to the college level as well, because it's really competitive in the softball world. So that's what we're trying to do. What grade are you guys in? How close to college are you? We're like juniors the, yeah. this year, but this year, since the, since the virus, this was supposed to be our year to get looked at by college coaches. But now that Corona's around, they might they might have to like change around a couple things and look at us our senior year. But yeah, 
it really delayed everything for us. Mm-hmm, which so. sucks. Yeah. Because some girls, like, depend on, on like, sports or on softball to get into college. Yeah. Because, like, we're not, like, you know, that smart to get into it because of academics. Like, sports and academics help us out to get into it. It's hard it. to balance. So yeah. So you kind of have to... You can get, like, scholarships. It helps a lot of people, especially who are f- not financially stable. Yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah. There's not really much that we do. Yeah. Let's just go out and yeah. try to get some air. We've tried, or I just fixed his bike for him that we haven't had, like, rode in, like, how many years? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, we just got out, like, we started doing new things that we haven't done, so it was nice getting to do new things. Yeah, especially like hanging out with your family too. Oh yeah, you get a lot more yeah. time. With like sports and like school and stuff, you barely have time for that. So like this like quarantine is actually like getting us all close together. In this little corner of the podcast, we're going to take a break from the news and hear from local historians. The Caretaker's Cottage is located in Milpitas. The story of the Caretaker's Cottage at the Higuera Adobe is a long one. It began when Clement Colombe bought Rancho de los Tolercitos, also known as Rancho San Ignacio, from Valentin Higuera for $3,000 on July 1st, 1859. Colombe's plan was to create a vacation spa for visitors. As part of that spa, he built a saloon and casino using old-growth redwood. The basic structure of that saloon became the caretaker's cottage we see today. The spa was not successful, and Colombe sold much of the land to Henry Kurtner in the late 1860s. Kurtner used the old saloon as a storage building for his ranch. By inheritance, the building passed to Marion Weller. She continued to use it for storage of fruit harvest boxes. In the 1960s, Mrs. Weller was concerned about the security of the old adobe and the old redwood building. She converted the old ranch storage building into a small residence, which she let police officers use in exchange for providing security for the nearby structures. Mrs. Weller donated the cottage and the renovated Higuera adobe to the city of Milpitas in the early 1970s to be part of a new park. The city continued to rent the cottage to various caretakers up until about 2005, when a series of floods of Calera Creek forced the residents to abandon it. The Tri-City Voice newspaper is produced by What's Happening Tri-City Voice. The editor-in-chief is William Marshak. The director of operations is Sharon Marshak. The newspaper is put together and distributed by a bunch of awesome people whose names are worth reading in the opinion page of each issue. This supplemental podcast is produced by Andrew Cavett. Studio space provided by Audrey Lover of Cat. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thing you can do for us is tell other people. Goodbye until next Tuesday when we do this all again. I'm sure you know about the three Ps. Um... No, but I know that there's an issue with people flushing down Kleenexes or paper towels. Yep, so the only thing that belongs in a a toilet is your pee, your poo, and your paper, your (laughs) toilet paper, so...